Welcome back to the Monica Matthew Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. It is Thursday. We're almost there. Almost there, Weekend Warriors. One more day. One more day in paradise. Lots of things brewing in the area of communications. While everyone is celebrating the acquisition of Twitter on behalf of Elon Musk, Biden's regime has uh, created what most of us are jokingly calling a ministry of truth, but it sure does seem to be the case. So the government is ever lurking in order to dictate your thoughts and feelings and emotions and habits and that in the interest of national security, right? If Congress isn't abdicating, if they're just vacant, totally left the building, our judiciary certainly seems to be compromised. I mean, it, it, we are a mess, America. We are. We are a mess. And I have said that we are in captivity. As a spiritual leader, that's exactly how I see it. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are absolutely in captivity, but God always makes a way even in the desert, and there are people working tirelessly to ensure that our Constitution is not completely molested, maligned, and left for dead. All right, so what is Section 230? We're going to get into that today. I have a very special guest with me who has dedicated his life for a number of years to basically abolishing Section 230, Jason Fick, founder of the Social Media Freedom Foundation, who has just completed working on uh, on his constitutional challenge to Section 230, which protects non-publishers from liability regarding content. Okay, He has worked for two years on this challenge after suing Facebook for violating his constitutional rights. Yesterday, Jason and Congressman Louis Gohmert, who calls Section 230 an abomination against U.S. civil rights for all Americans, held a press conference outlining why Congress needs to revoke Section 230 of social media platforms, and if not, as Justice Thomas of the Supreme Court has called for an appropriate case for the Supreme Court to look at Section 230, uh, I want to know, are we talking about social media only? Jason believes that he has just the case that's appropriate for that. Uh, Jason, welcome to my show. It is very good to have you here with us today, sir, and thank you for all of your efforts. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for having me. Sure. So talk to us. What does I, I need you to take us back, okay, because like I said to you in the green room, um, I think most Americans are like, okay, Section 230. It's become like this hyperbolic talking point, but most Americans don't understand the violations uh, unless you've been booted from something, and we jokingly, like we always do, we mock it like a badge of honor. Ooh, I'm in Facebook jail. Ooh, I'm in Twitter jail. But there's a really, there's a much more serious implication to this with regard to our constitutional rights. So take us back to the beginning of your case and how you got to this point. Okay, so this was about 2010. I started working on on Facebook fairly heavily. In- and by 2012, I had an audience of somewhere in and around 17 million fans. And in 2012, it was probably one of the largest audiences that, that anybody had, and it was a conglomeration of pages. Um, over time, I got into marketing and advertising, and we got to the point where we were making 
about $300,000 a month um, with virtually no overhead. And that was using organic reach. You know, we post things and we go into the newsfeed and people go to our sites and we make money. Well, Facebook's advertising program comes along and it, and it basically is selling the space that they offered everyone for free. They said it was a platform. You can use it for free, build your organic reach, build your business, but we're going to take it away from you as soon as you built our company large enough. And then we're going to sell that to your competitor. Uh, so ultimately they started reducing the reach of everyone. I mean, people, you know, they say that you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of people have no idea what reach really is. Um, you know, some of the posts we made got 63 million likes, I mean, billions in reach. I mean, it was those days, the size that I had, I mean, I could change national trends. Right. So as time went on, uh, eventually they, they sort of just wiped us out. And that was because what most people don't recognize is that Facebook and Google and Twitter and so forth compete for the same space. When they're selling the space that they're offering the individuals, they are your competitor because they're making money by displacing you. Right. Well, ultimately in 2016, I caught them red handed. I mean, there's no other way to define this. And basically what had happened is, is that uh, in October of 2016, they shut down, um, I think it was six pages about 14 million of my fans because I had built an audience almost to 38 million. It was huge. And um, they shut down the the 14 million fans and they said, you know, nothing to me. They didn't give me any reason. And, and just ironically, they took six of my pages, but not all of my pages. And all of those six pages all had the same offensive content. The reason I say offensive content is because as you were mentioning section 230, some people don't even have a clue what it is. They think it's 26 words. There's a, I mean, so many misconceptions out there. And let me let me first start by saying this. First off, Section 230 did not create the internet. The internet existed before it. Right. In fact, actually, Section 230 came out of the idea that um, it was actually Stratton Oakmont got sued for content that it failed to remove. Not content that it hosted or promoted or it failed to remove it. And and Congress recognized that this is a problem because if you take if you hold a company accountable for what's on their site that they had nothing to do with, it doesn't incentivize them to do anything about content that is bad. Right, so right. That's why 230 was created, and it's called the Protection for Good Samaritan Blocking and Screening of Offensive Materials. Right. And the idea was that you take down offensive materials. So, of course, that's what Facebook hides behind when they took me down. They said, well, somehow he's offensive, right? Right, right. Because that's the protection the that they would get. ambiguous so offensive. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So somehow... I was offensive. Now, right. here's how we caught them. About three or four months after they took shut me down, I went to a competitor of mine, right? And they had spent $22 million in advertising, and they had direct reps that physically came to their offices to help them with their Facebook advertising and so forth. Way beyond me, right? Right. I actually helped build them. Now, I was still friendly with them, and I asked them, I said, can you go to your Facebook reps and see if they'd reinstate and republish my pages? Because you know how it goes. You get shut down. You, you try anything. Oh, yeah. Drowning. You, yeah. You'll, you'll pull for it's like anything. Mercy, uncle. Yeah, you'll kiss the ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is people will conform yes. just to survive. Well, I asked, and you know what Facebook said to uh, my competitor? What's that? They wouldn't reinstate it for me, but they would reinstate it if they owned them. Oh, Wow. So okay. a lot of people have no idea where my first case even came from. Like, what's the point of it? Right. Because they, they you know, it, it is what it is. But anyhow, what ended up happening is, is I sold them the unpublished pages, which have no value, right? 
can't right. use them. They're invisible. Right. To this company, three days after that, magic, everything that was supposedly offensive got reinstated. Now, here's the thing. You can argue if something's similar, sure. one could be offensive, one can't be offensive, but there is no argument anymore because it was the identical content. Right. It was my content. I was the publisher of that content. So we sued. 2018, Fick versus Facebook. We went to the – and, of course, because of forum selection, we truck off to California, and we started to sue them. And we said it's not offensive. It's a lie. It's fraud. It's extortion. It's it's you know um, unfair competition and tortious interference. They basically just wipe my business out for their own financial gain. Right. Which is what they do to a lot of which people. Which is theft, which is where your your Fifth Amendment right comes in. Correct. When right. when now a private entity can deny you of of life, liberty, or property, but you know what they what happens when they do that? You can sue them. Right. They have civil liability. Right. And people think, well, they can do whatever they want. No, they can't. You still would be sued if if you held somebody down against their will and then took their their wallet. What are you going to do? You're going right. to get hit with criminal charges, civil charges, all sorts of stuff, right? Right. Well, see, there's where Section 230 comes in. 230 was written, and they basically said and, – and this is the confusion, and, and it's such a small mistake, but it was so monumental. The law was written in 1996. Right. In 1997, there was a case called Zoran versus America Online, and they fought it what was what's called a 230C1 case. So it works like an outline. C is the heading. C1 is the next one, and that's the part that says they can't be held accountable for the content provided by another, Okay, right? But it specifically says no provider or user shall be treated as the publisher of any information provided by another content provider. Okay, This is where it gets tricky. You have to look at the language of the actual law itself, and every word of the law is important. Yes. In my case, the content that I provided, who was the publisher, the publisher of that content? I was. Sure. Correct. They the courts dismissed me saying that I was treating Facebook as a publisher. That's no, interesting. Right. I wasn't treating them here's the problem. I was actually treating them as a publisher. But not the publisher. But I was not treating them right. as the publisher. Although they behave the as the as the publisher. They were a publisher. Exactly. Right. In fact, they were a content provider, Correct. which is so and, and I have to dispel that because a lot of people are going, oh, well, the yeah, publisher the platform. It's yeah. irrelevant completely. Okay. The only distinction is between a service provider and a content provider. And I'm okay. shortening them just to make it easy. Sure. A service provider provides a service upon which everyone else publishes. The content provider is anyone involved in the creation or development, meaning manipulation after the fact. Sure. Okay. So in this circumstance, they were a content provider and they were in fact a publisher. But I never treated them as me. I was the publisher. Sure. And Jason, right? they do this by virtue. They outline it right there in their terms of service. Every they, single one mm-hmm. of them. So when they dismissed me, I went to the Ninth Circuit. They did the same thing to me. Mm-hmm. Then I went to En Banc, which is the Ninth Circuit Nine uh, Judge Panel. They didn't want to hear it. Went to the Supreme Court. They didn't want to hear it. I never even got so much as an oral argument, meaning I never got a single hearing in front of a judge ever never seen a judge in what three years right and this is where everything pivoted and this is why i'm just relentless i'm like i know i'm right and the reason i I know i'm right is because even three months after my case ended another case 
proved I was right. Right. This case called Enigma versus Malwarebytes came to the conclusion, but guess what? Remember how I said it was the protection for Good Samaritan blocking screening right. defense material? Right. They realized that the Good Samaritan provision, that the whole point of this is they have to act in the interest of the public for the good of others. Right. You can't be acting for the good of others if you're wiping people out for your own financial gain. Sure. And Justice Thomas in that case is noted as saying uh, courts have extended the immunity in 230 far beyond anything that plausibly could have been intended by Congress. Courts have also departed from the most natural reading of the text by giving Internet companies immunity for their own content, i.e. development, in part by proxy. Courts have long emphasized non-textual arguments when interpreting 230, i.e. proof texting, leaving questionable precedent in their wake. So here we are with your case, right? And Justice Thomas goes on to say that if there needs to be a case that basically has the merit uh, necessary to in order to get this before the Supreme Court, apparently Congress isn't going to do anything about it. I'm curious, why is that? Well, the reality is, is that the all of the Section 230 lawsuits, as few as there are because nobody wants to spend the money or the time that I've spent. Sure. And they all keep going to California, and California keeps just dropping the ball sure. over and over and over again. They drop the ball on me. And, and in fact, we're actually there on a second appeal right now in the Ninth Circuit saying, this is real simple, guys. Does Good Samaritan apply to the whole statute or not? If it does, I should have beaten my case. Right. That's all we're fighting right now. But but here's the thing is is that this, everybody says it's settled law. Everybody thinks it like, oh, well, we, we all know how this works. How is that if the Supreme Court Justice Thomas is telling you we haven't interpreted it right. ever, right. and it's only like one one appeals court that's ever been interpreting it, and he's literally saying it's questionable precedent because they're going beyond the actual reading of the text. Here's what it says, and they went did something else. I just proved one to you. Sure, they weren't. I wasn't treating them as the publisher. I was treating them as a publisher and a content provider and an illegal entity that stole my stuff. Now. Right. I started to go into this. This is where everything pivots. You're saying he's calling for the appropriate case. We realized we needed to get the appropriate case. And unfortunately, they didn't take my original case, but we decided, okay, let's go broader. Let's really, really work this out. So what happens is this, and, I, and I've got to sort of backtrack a little bit. Sure. What Section 230 is, is it is a delegation of regulatory authority. We know this because Good Samaritan's in quotes. That is what's called an articulated intelligible principle. When Congress gives the power to another for regulation, it has to lay down a general provision by which to make their laws, right? That's your community standards and so forth. Now, they gave it straight to a private entity, which inevitably they regulate to their own self-interest. That's why they can't have that power, and it's a, it's a violation of our constitutional rights. And that's exactly what happened here is Facebook was given the power to regulate me. They regulated to their own self-benefit. They wiped me out. That's right. And then the courts protected them because they have this liability protection to regulate me. Got the it. government can't give them that power. Right, which the is where is, okay. oh, I was going to say here's the reason. If the FCC, which is analogous to what Facebook, Google, Twitter, all these other ones do, right? They've got the same power. That's right. If if they fine you because you did something punitive, meaning they punish you. Right. They set rules, they enforce those rules, they punish you, but if you're punished, what can you do? You can challenge it in court, right? and you'll get your day in court, correct? That's called due process. Whenever you're denied of life, liberty, or property, 
you get your day in court. Well, here, the government gave a power to a private entity to act as an agent of the government, right. restricted my content, meaning my, my liberties and my property, and I couldn't get so much as a single hearing. Sure. So they violated my due process rights flat out. The government has now harmed me directly because of the law. So we started looking at the law as a whole and challenging it constitutionally because I now had the standing to go after them. Excellent. Yeah, Representative Gomert says 230s become absolute sovereignty and companies exercising regulatory authority and it's a violation of every American's rights. Um, And that was a real eye-opener for me, you know, that they have absolutely been granted this regulatory authority. So what's the purpose in the FCC? Like you said, I mean, it's samey-samey. So I have to wonder, you know, exactly who's lining whose pockets. This is just me because I understand how politics works. And whenever you look at the effects of of this type of um, of political operation, if you will, and using social media to carry those things out, I mean, look at the effects of what happened with the election of 2020, uh, what we're dealing with right now in some of our primaries across the country. Without doubt, we will see unfold uh, in the um, in the midterms and the generals coming up. So I, you know, it, it's far and, ra- and, and wide, and and I, I need you guys as my audience to understand that this isn't just Jason's case. This is your case. That this affects all of you, it, and it affects a lot. And I will say, some people will say, "Well, what difference does it make, Jason?" Because look, Elon just saved the day, and he acquired Twitter, and now all of our. All of our rights have been restored, and he's going to allow us to say whatever we want and tweet whatever we want. And so why even bother moving this case up to the Supreme Court? Well, I can answer a lot of those questions <laughs> right there. Um, well, first off, Elon, great thing what he did. He's putting his – I mean it's the same thing I did. I, I basically put everything on the line. I mean I've, I've thrown myself at this financially, sure. mentally, physically, everything. I, I've, I can't tell you the amount of hours I have in this. By the and way, I, I thanks, mean, so to your, thanks to your legal team. I, I wanted to get that out there before I forget because you mentioned mm-hmm. them yesterday that they have continued the fight with you even whenever the money ran out. And I yep. think attorneys get the raw end of the deal a lot of times. And so I just wanted to say thank you uh, personally on behalf of my audience to your legal team for continuing this fight on behalf of all Americans. I apologize. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. A, a big thanks goes out to, to Jeff Graber at Calgary Law and Constance Yu at uh, Putterman Yu. The, the two of them, you know, it did. I mean, this was overwhelming. And, and if it had been straight out of pocket, because unfortunately, conservatives are not very good at helping other conservatives. Nope. And it, they just don't think like that. They just think somebody will go save them. And right. although I realized I had to, and I had the opportunity to, I mean, I've had to sell property. I've had to, I mean, I had to dig in hard and put my life on the line. Now, granted, I have one civil case that could make up for the whole thing, but the constitutional challenge, there's $0 involved in this. Right. And it took two years to draft. This has been going on and on and on and on. And I mean, it's a 143-page complaint exhaustively tearing 230 apart. It explains how it is actually a voluntary and choice to engage in state action, that the misconceptions every which way, it explains all of it. And the reason it needed to be done, and for those that are out there that said, well, what, what does it matter? I don't right. even use these companies. Right. You do use the same president, Correct. <laughs> How about right. the same commissions, the, right. the same laws, right. all of the things that can be manipulated by these massive platforms? I mean, for example, I mean, do you, do you use PayPal to collect right. money? What if, what if they don't like your politics and they shut you down like they did to Laura Loomer? Right, correct. I mean, 
there's so much involved in these companies and there's nothing you can do about it because there's no due process. There's no way to challenge it. Sure, they are the and head of the. They are this. They are the head of the social credit system that people keep Correct. waiting for. Right? People are like, "Oh, it's coming! It's coming! It's it, the digital credit." I'm like, "It's here." Do you have a FICA score? Have you heard of Equifax? Yep. Have you heard of TransUnion? And do you understand yep. who's behind all of them? I mean, so whenever you look behind the curtain and you understand who is actually undergirding social media in and of itself, then you start getting into the real fun stuff of the fourth branch of government. And that's not woo-woo speak, you guys. That is absolutely the truth. And anyone who's worked in that can tell you that. Jason, you I'm sure you've bumped up against that throughout your years of of, of dealing with this. My apologies. So I'm yeah, all right, so go ahead. So it you have exhausted finances. You have um, you know, I'm sure you've come up against some very interesting characters throughout this entire time. And and I've had and, some weird experiences. I'm sure you have. And so how is it I I love Representative Louis Gomert, first of all. But how did you get how how did he become involved? And what was because obviously he's just as passionate as you are. It, how many people did you have to go through to get to him in our U.S. Congress? Um, actually, it was a weird sort of circumstance. There's several people that that I'd, I'd mentioned with the Social Media Freedom Foundation, people that have volunteered their time right. uh, and joined forces with me to help me, uh, including David Harris Jr. and Vandersteel, Brent Hamachek, um, Ryan uh, Hartwig, um, Cindy uh, Chafin, and um, one of which is Ian Trottier. Right. Uh, Ian is, I call him my bulldog. He is just very out there, and he's he was at some event where Louis Gomert just happened to be passing by, and uh, I occasionally get calls from him, and and they he usually has somebody radical, you know, some big figure on the phone, right. and he threw Louis Gomert on the phone with me, and I quickly explained, and of course everybody's tentative at first, you know, I I've, sure. I've met a lot of very powerful people, and they go like, okay, what are your theories? Well. Right. Mine are four years deep in litigation. <laughs> Mine are right. way beyond everybody else's at this right. point, right? Way more research. And I started to explain it to him, and I said that you know we have an executive summary, and, and that's something I would invite any one of your audience. If you really want to understand this better, and this is without having to read the entire monster of a constitutional challenge, we summarize it for everybody. Make it, make it a little bit easier, but a little bit more streamlined. Go to socialmediafreedom.org, Okay. On there, on the homepage, there's something called Revoke Section 230. It's an executive summary. It's like 20 pages long. It's like a half an hour read or so. It will explain Section 230 in a way that you've never heard of before, how it actually works, how it's put together You know, um, from a, a legislative standpoint and how it works. It is very well laid out. It is very easy so to I understand. So I sent that. It's very easy to understand. I, I, had, sent that on, I had sent that on to um, Louis Gomer, and it is. It is something that – you can understand it. You don't sure. have to be a lawyer. It's technical, but you don't have to be a lawyer to understand it. Right. Because I cited everything. I showed the cases that it, it revolves around. And I didn't use, as, as you said, questionable precedent. Right. I didn't use the precedent. I threw the precedent out, and, and it's what's called looking at a case de novo, completely anew. And I went back to the law, and how is the law built? How is it put together? How do you transfer the power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And that's what we did. So I sent it to – Louis gave me his email, and he said, send it to me. I sent it to him. Sure enough, his count, internal counsel calls me up and says, we want to help you. And in fact, he wanted to join the case. He, he was that adamant. He was just, excellent. I want to be in there. And ironically, it is kind of funny because CRS had a look at it, but a congressman can't really sue Congress. It right. doesn't quite work like that. Right. So they wouldn't let him. 
And so he said, okay, fine. He said, I'm going to back you on this thing. We're going to get you out there. And, um, I mean, he stepped up like nobody else. And realistically, that's what happens. Nobody steps up. He stepped up and he said, we're going to get you out there. He said, if and when uh, the executive branch decides to get in this, because, of course, the AG of the United States, the executive branch can step in. Sure. It'll be interesting to see whether Biden's trying to hold on to 230 or just says, step back and let this thing run its course. Well, as uh, Representative or, uh, Gomert said, there's a lot of support, and it is it is a bipartisan push. So this is not politics. The constitutional challenge we just did has nothing to do with – now, granted, they are manipulating con, uh, sure. politics. Of course. But it's not about politics. Right. As I say, and honestly, I think it's one of the, the, the best ways to look at it is, is that our freedoms do not end where the internet begins. That's right. That's, That's the right. point. Is it's it's got to keep going. So the point is here, if we can get legislative help, because the legislature is at a deadlock, they're not getting this thing done. And the reason being is because some of them want to try and contain, contain the power to restrict people's free speech, right. but stop the businesses from getting involved. And then the other side is just trying to get free speech back. And the reality is, is that none of them are addressing it correctly because the only constitutional sufficient way and it works like this because because everybody panics and says, oh, my God, the internet's going to end. Right. No, it's not. Correct. What we're trying to do here is is this, and this is the remedy. 230C1 needs to go back to its original roots, which is they would not be held accountable, meaning they have to give the word the effect, right? It goes back to its original roots, and it says they cannot be held accountable for the conduct and content of another. But their conduct and content yeah, they can be held accountable for that. That's 230C1. If that works, that's constitutional because they didn't have any involvement other than provide the service that it sits on, right? They're passive. The next step down would be strict, stricken. There's no way 230C2 can survive, and it's because there's a conflict in there. It's, it's, it's what's called an irreconcilable statutory conflict, and in that circumstance, 230C1 says that the content has to be provided by another. So the content provider can't be the service, but yet the next step down in the statute says that they can decide what to remove. Well, the flip side of that coin by proxy is that they can decide what to leave up. That means they're developing information right. in part, and by definition, that makes them a content provider. Sure. So if they can't be a content provider, but they are a content provider, there's a problem. It makes no sense. Right. So in that circumstance, 230C2's got to go away, and everybody says, well, oh my gosh, it's going to all end. No, it's not. Here's what's going to happen. If they don't mess with content, they've got 230C1 protection still. They cannot be an editor. They can't be involved. Right. Zoran versus America Online in 1997 got that wrong. The case was fundamentally wrong, and it allowed them to be the publishers. That's why Justice Clarence Thomas said it's allowing them protections for their own content. Right. They can't be a content provider, period. Right. So next one. Everybody says, well, then they're going to take down everything. No, they can take down anything they want. This doesn't infringe upon their First Amendment rights at all. Sure. Why? They can take down anything they want. They can do it. The thing is, if, for example, you said something bad. I hate Jews, for example. Right. It's a terrible thing to say. Sure. And it's hateful. And they took it down. You can't sue them. It's not illegal. Right. They can take it down. Right. right. It's their platform. Cool. Sure. Not a problem. But now – if they take you off the platform because you are a Jew, right? See the shift. Sure. You just went into something that is discrimination. It right. is unlawful. It is illegal. Right now, 
They can't just go, oh, well, you can't treat them as a publisher. Yes, I can because they were and they made a decision that was unlawful. Correct. That is what's blocking me right now is, is that I they committed unlawful acts, things that should be held accountable to liability, and this law is doing nothing but protecting them from their own unlawful stuff. Yep. They can still take down bad content. Correct. They just are responsible for what they do. Right. That's it. That's good. Yeah, you're right. Because people feel like the sky is falling. It'll all yeah. go away because the whole, I got to tell you, it's really Net interesting. neutrality. Remember that one? Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Is the internet's still here. Hello. Yeah. Right. I got to tell you, I think if you watch the timing of this ministry of truth, that's now been developed in the Department of Homeland Security. Um, I think it's very interesting. It's very telling because clearly the powers that be see the shifts that are occurring. And, and I, and I really believe that some people can smell the tide turning in terms of justice, uh, will actually prevail on some level. I think your case being one of them also certainly with this acquisition. Um, and again, I live with a certain level of suspicion really of anything online and who is behind those dashboards. Uh, so I don't put my faith and hope and trust in, in anyone, including, but not limited to Elon Musk or anyone else. I think it's a great thing. I love his ideas so far. I think it'll be great. But understanding how social media has completely manipulated the psyche of the world, not just Americans, not to mention, like you said, it has crushed small businesses. It has, and I was one of them on Facebook, and I spent thousands of dollars on that platform. And for them to, for one person to become offended, yours is yours is a little bit more uh, espionage, <laughs> espionage-ish, if you will. Yeah. Mine was more. We don't want to use that word conspiratorial, <laughs> but it was literally <laughs> a conspiracy. Well, it was, but it was also, you know, clearly someone poaching from your, you know, from your business. Uh, I, I mean, in your business model with regard to online platforming coming directly from inside of, of, of this company. I mean, it's, it's truly astounding your story. And I had not really been familiar with your, with the details of what happened to you personally. I knew what you were fighting and for, um, but you know, even with my own account and I didn't spend as much money as you did, I, I didn't have as much invested, but it was still my hard earned money. And when they came along and just turned off the lights to my storefront because someone didn't like the size of my mannequins, proverbially speaking. Um, That's exactly a great way to put it. You know, Actually, I, I almost want to use that real quick in an analogy. Yeah. And this will explain it to a lot of people a little bit easier. Essentially what Facebook, Google, Twitter, and so forth were, were land. It was this huge, open, vast expanse. And they said, okay, look, we're yeah. going to build you a building, a big strip mall. Yeah. And you know what? We don't have any traffic here whatsoever. So you know what? Come in, build your business. We'll give you the space for oh, free. Good. Yep. You come in and do that. Yep. And you know what? Well, they did. Everybody came in and we worked our butts off. We sure. got our audiences together. We helped build their strip mall. Now everybody's profiting. And then they walk down the strip mall and they go, well, oh, you're not paying your uh, rent because we gave it to you for free. And you say, yeah, but you gave it to me for free. Right, right. I'll say, yeah, but you know what? I don't like the mannequin in your window. Yep. So you're going to have to go because you're offensive. We, we need you out. And, um, oh, hey, Sears or yeah. hey, Walmart, we got some space for you. That's right. Well, well let me put you in there. You know, we don't mind. Uh, you, you keep paying us rent now. That's right. That's exactly what happened. Yes, it is. And you're, and, and you're, and you're welcome to use that. <laughs> it does. You're, Easy it, way to explain yeah. it. That's yeah. exactly what happened is they were our landlord. Yes. And the point is, is that 
they're not responsible for what's in those stores. Right. Even extending it out to the way 230 works. They're not responsible for what's in those stores. However, if they see child pornography in the window of the store and they knowingly leave it there. That's right. Right? They make a choice. They're now contributing to the negligence and that should be held liable. Absolutely. If 230C1 worked perfectly, then what happens is because they left it, you could actually hit them for the negligent portion right. of it. There would be some liability involved. Sure. But again, sitting there walking in and being able to take stuff out of somebody's store that's right. just because the, the, the federal government says you can have, have the land. That's right. No. Yeah. I woke up to that. a padlock on my, to a padlock proverbially on my storefront. My lights were turned out. Everything was shut yep. down. My merchandise was still in the store. Yep, I mean, it I, it, of course, I mean, complete theft and I, you mm-hmm. know, I, and then you complain to the government. That's right. And it's, and they're completely protected under this mysterious cloud of 230, which thank yeah. you so much for breaking down as eloquently as you have. Uh, in closing, tell us what are, what are the next steps in your case um, and hopefully getting this before the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, thank you, Justice Thomas, for being the, you know, the one sane level head, in my humble opinion, in our Supreme Court. Uh, but what are the next steps and then where can people go to uh, keep up with your efforts and or help fund your efforts? So... Um we are going to be waiting, uh, I believe it's those 60 days that the government has the opportunity to enter its appearance, the Attorney General to fight us. Um, we're hoping to stay out of it. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what the executive branch decides to do, whether they're really about keeping 230 in place or whether they really want to get rid of it because this gets rid of it and this lets it go back to the legislature to be rewritten properly and a, and a commission be set up. So we're waiting on that, obviously. Um, I know that a lo- the people are just becoming you know, aware of this, that a constitutional challenge even exists, that th- this is the only case against the United States that exists over Section 230. So – and like you said, th- this has been an insane burden upon me. My, my lawyers have, have really pitched in huge on this. Um, we need the help, absolutely need the help from America. I mean, there is nobody else fighting the online censorship battle more so than the social media freedom foundation at this point. And we are underfunded. We, we do need everyone's help. And, and to do that, you can go to socialmediafreedom.org. Um, the donate, uh, you know, link is on there. Um, we are tax deductible. So that's another positive. Um, you know, if you're doing tax deductions this year, just reroute them. We, We can use the support because we are fighting for everyone. You know, it's a bipartisan support. It doesn't matter what your political leanings are. We would like to restore freedom online. Amen. That's it. Good stuff. Thank you for being with us. And I applaud your efforts, sir. And I trust that they will actually, I believe you said, uh, what are there? There are four justices who have to, uh, uh, un- in unison, decide to actually see your case. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. The four, right. four need to decide just to see it. And then the Supreme Court will rule on it. And we are hoping that public opinion and public push gets them to act upon this because here this is the appropriate case there's nothing else that's going to break it down more so than this that's right if you're a business owner it's time to get involved jason vick thank you so much thank you for joining us sir god bless all right guys so you know i don't know how many times i've said it how important 230 is and i actually met jason in one of my uh spaces um on uh on twitter 
And uh, we were talking about Section 230, and he came into the space with so much information and uh, really set the record straight for all of us. And now clearly we know why, uh, because he has invested, you know, his life. And I, I got to tell you, there, you know, it's heart, it's heartbreaking for those of you who are not business owners and utilizing those storefronts, um, you know, to operate your business, right? Uh, because your, my daughter's entire, you know, childhood was just wiped. My whole account was just gone. Someone literally did not like the size of my mannequins or what I said about politics or President Trump. Who knows? I have no idea what it was that offended someone. But, you know, and and quite honestly, it was probably nothing. My voice was shut down because I am a conservative voice. I really do believe that because these companies do act as political operatives. They are political storefronts. They are operations. And they are operations on behalf of what a lot of people are just now waking up to is your fourth branch of government. And that is not some conspiratory converse, uh, speak. It's just not. It is It is what it is. I, matter of fact, I tweeted something this morning that I encourage all of you to go and check out on my Twitter feed uh, about the fourth branch of government. And uh, there was a fabulous write-up about that as well. I will find that and retweet it uh, a couple of months ago that really outlined what happened in 2020. Uh, and I got to tell you, if that thing is still in operation, which I'm sure that it is, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the midterms yield. I'm not putting my faith and my hope in that. I've encouraged you all as well to make sure that you are building your communities. You can you cannot rely upon the the strip mall of social media in order to build your businesses. And if you're a small to me, a medium uh, business size owner, business owner, it is incumbent upon you to cultivate and nurture your relationships directly with your audience. To me, social media is, is a, is a exactly what I've just said. It is a storefront and in, in the storefront really is for some interesting nefarious purposes. When some of you ask, how did we get here with all of these kids hating America? How did we get here with, a, you know, there's a reason that TikTok is banned in other countries. Now, I'm not suggesting that we get into the business of, uh, of, of, you know, not allowing human beings to think for themselves. I'm not suggesting that at all, but I am suggesting that you wake up to how you are being manipulated. And I talk about that a lot on my show as making the connection between faith and governance because there's no disconnect there. We are being ruled and reigned by, uh, by a godless government currently. 1,000% godless. How do I know that? Because their, um, their end goal is not to continue to curate our liberty, to trust in God, which is on our money, right? No, that's not the end goal. To trust in our ingenuity and our ability to govern ourselves to an extent, to work within the parameters of the law, to govern ourselves according to being decent and honorable human beings with speech, right? And sometimes we're going to hurt each other's feelings. And wanting our own government that aligns with our values, that is a paramount threat to the kingdom of darkness, which is always going to oppress voices of truth and light and freedom. So this really is Ephesians 6 and 12. Very simply put, even if you're not a Christian, go read it. And you'll go, oh, wow, yeah, that's absolutely what's happening. 
right? So it doesn't have to be scary. But as it relates to the marketplace, these are very real issues. And I really appreciate Representative Gomert taking this on and, uh, and challenging this alongside Jason, uh, because they're both battling for all of us on behalf of all of us in our first and fifth amendment rights. And it is theft in my humble opinion. It is, it is extortion because it's bullying people who are in business, who have paid money in order to advertise and be in that storefront. And if you don't do it as we say and when we say and how we say we're going to shut you down, which is really what this ministry of truth is all about in the name of protection, in the name of anti-racism and anti-bigotry. Well, you know, I don't really see a lot of racism. Like I said in yesterday's show and my teaser, uh, I don't, that's not my reality. My followers are not bigots. They're not racists. And I have over 110,000 of them. Eh, Probably 5,000 of them are bots. We'll see once Elon cleans out the house. But I don't see a lot of that. So they want you to believe, America, that you are a nation of bigots. And I don't believe that. I just don't. And so if you're going to stand against this tyrannical, overreaching, insane government that we have on our hands right now, you do that by adhering to truth and honor honesty, and standing for that Constitution, no matter what the cost is. Because standing, and and I mean that in the sense of exactly what Jason has been through. He's lost it all. I'm sure he's lost friends, family, reputation, businesses, money, time, sleep, health. That's costly. It is costly. It's costly to be a truth speaker. And, and also, you know, venture out and prove them wrong right? Partner with your neighbors, partner with your communities. If you know how to grow things, start teaching your neighbors how to do that. Because we have heads of food distributor company, distributorships that are telling us that our food shortage is coming like a freight train. And when that happens, you don't need to be left without food for your family. And so the only way that you survive times like this, and I mean, we could be headed for some survival times. And the only way you overcome an enemy that has a microphone and a, in the court system on its side to try to legal ease you literally to death is by standing on the truth and the word of God, which is the truth, and by standing on that document that was so hard fought and won, right? And that's our Constitution. Thank you all uh, for those of you who have supported my uh, great friend, Jason Storm Nelson and his wife, Amanda, in Waco, Texas. Uh, thank you for calling the hospital. I'm still waiting for an official response from the hospital. I submitted my my request last evening and spoke with a uh, hospital representative. I've not heard back from them as of this morning. As soon as I do have a comment, I will be happy to release that. Uh, but I do thank all of you who have uh, petitioned on behalf of the Nelsons to release their infant and to allow her to go home in the loving care of her family who has been uh, wrongly accused and now the subjects of uh, targeting on behalf of Child Protective Services based on a, um, a bogus lab uh, allegedly a bogus lab uh, result that would have accused uh, the mother and father of um, birthing a, quote, drug baby. It's as if that wasn't egregious enough. The hospital also accused them of being racists because of a comment about, you know, do we appear to be people who would, you know, 
um, be on drugs. Again, everything has become profiling. Like you can no longer defend yourself according to the world. You can no longer defend yourself without offending someone else. And because you have offended that other ethnicity, culture, demographic, income earner, what, you know, um, you name it, you get it. Because you've offended someone else, you are now on the Ministry of Truth's number one hit list. And if not, even your local hospital. I mean, I don't know what has become of our medical system. I am absolutely grieved, which is why I'm happy to announce that I have just partnered with Dr. Zelenko. And uh, more on that to come in the coming days. But I've also partnered with the good folks over at GoldCo. And if you've been keeping up with what the Russians are up to and their rubles and gold, and you also understand what our fiat is worth and what it is not, and what it's backed, what our dollar is backed by, which is essentially, you know, part of the metaverse at this point. It's like ether. It's it's backed by nothing other than your emotions and the manipulation of men and women who do not have your best interest at heart. If you want to know how to overcome BlackRock and other companies that are these giant funds that have effectively monopolized now real estate, farming, you know, you, things that are super important for our proliferation, for our, uh, you know, for, for us to be able to survive and to thrive as American citizens in ownership in this country, right? You can see all of the maneuvering. And so one of the ways you do that is by, in my humble opinion, you divest from the companies that they represent. That's just what I do. That's what I would do if I was invested. But that's me. And and I would move my assets, my hard-earned money, over to a company such as Goldco to put it into things that actually retain their value, may fluctuate here and there, but they're not going away, which is silver and gold, precious metals, Right? MonicaMatthews.com backslash GoldCo. Head on over there today. Also, make sure you think of mom for Mother's Day. I just got my dog bed yesterday from MyPillow.com. And I'm just here to tell you, I think they put like catnip in the dog beds because my dog will not get off of the thing. And she's like this little 10-pound plume of black puff Pomeranian. And she dig, dig, digs in it. And she will not get off the bed. I'm just telling you. And uh, I can't move her. I love it. So it's this teeny tiny little bed. I'm sure they have bigger ones, but head on over there. I'm not saying to buy your mother a dog bed or your wife, but I am saying house slippers, robes. We love plush, fuzzy stuff. Great Giza cotton sheets. I got those in yesterday too. Love, love, love. Bath sheets. There's all kinds of great things. And you get to support someone who has been canceled. Remember, cancel is not in the devil's repertoire. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his number one agenda. Right, And as you can see with what's happened in Jason Fick's case and many others, that is exactly what he has come to do through the platform of social media, to steal, kill, and destroy, right? And so primarily at this point to steal, kill, and destroy our unity and our family. So do your family a favor. Go buy my pillow and use my code, Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A. Without further ado, I love you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back with you tomorrow. I'm here Monday through Friday, 1230 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, you know, I've on great guests like Jason and others. And, uh, you know, and otherwise we just chew the fat about faith, life, and politics and how it all converges. And you know why? Because you 
are God's number one priority. And his number one purpose is always freedom. Always. Don't you ever forget that. No matter what the ministry of truth is trying to tell you, get into your Bibles, get in there and meet your maker and meet your truth and stand on those principles because they're immovable. They are immutable. Try as they might. They can never kill God. You just remember that. And don't let them kill you or your spirit either. All right. Till tomorrow. I love you. Be good. Subscribe, YouTube, Rumble, MonicaMatthews.com, all that good stuff. Thank you for sharing my work. I do appreciate you very much. Be blessed. Have a good evening. All that good stuff. Back tomorrow. Back tomorrow. And work it. That's right. Okay. I'm out. I'm looking a little too white right now. Yep. All right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And if you're an American, act like one. (laughs) 